What's going on, sports fans? It's me, Cameron Murray, bringing you episode one of my podcast, The Fan of the People. This is a quick 45-minute or so weekly sports podcast brought to you by Anchor. Every week we'll have special guests to add a second opinion on different topics in the world of sports. If you want to get in touch with me, my Twitter is CamMurray23 and my Instagram is underscore CamMurray. Feel free to DM me suggestions on what you want to hear in the next podcast. Without further ado, let's get right into it. Peace. It's great to have you in today. Um, I warn all fans of any team, right, no matter the sport, to take the first three games of the year with a grain of salt. All the fans of the Bills and 49ers, listen closely, all right? There have been teams in the past who have gone 3-0 in, in, in the past years, right? Who somehow fall flat on their faces in week four and then skid the whole rest of the season and don't even make the playoffs, all right? The Texans last year went 1-3 and three in their first four games, and they won their division. So it's not all about how you start. So don't get too high in yourself if you are 3-0 and to start off the year. With that being said, don't get me wrong. Being 3-0 is a great way to start off a season. I mean, you could be 0-3 like the Dolphins, Jets, Steelers, Broncos, or the Redskins, right? But those teams, I don't think, aside from the Jets, anyone expected them to be great this year. Um, The Steelers, okay, you know, they got quieter. They got the noise out of the building. But I, I wanted to see the Steelers make it a little farther this year. But, you know, Big Ben going down really put a damper on all that. So... These teams are not contenders at all. All right. Um, maybe the Jets, though. Maybe the Jets. If Sam Darnold can get healthy and that defense can get healthy, the Jets are going to be a good team. Um, but f- for all those 49ers and Bills fans, um, I'm sorry if you don't already know this, but your team is not going to the Super Bowl. Your team is probably not going to make it out of the first round of the playoffs if you even make it to the playoffs. Um, the Bills have to play Tom Brady and Bill Belichick twice a year, and the Niners have to play Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson and Sean McVay and Jared Goff twice a year. So those those three matchups that I just named are matchups that even playing them once a year is scary for teams, okay? But you have to play those teams in your division. So I personally like Jimmy Garoppolo a lot, right? I liked when he was on the Patriots. I liked when he got to show off his skills, in his first year in San Francisco. I liked when he played, you know, two games when Brady was suspended. Um, but back in New England, people would tell me all the time that, oh, yeah, you know, they should have kept Garoppolo and dealt away Brady. You know, even if even if the fans wouldn't really like it, it would have been in the best interest for the Patriots. Really? Really? So at the time, you know, I was I was on that wave at the time. I agreed that, Kraft um, and Brady, you know, were too powerful among Belichick. Belichick should have had more power in this. Um, Kraft obviously overruled Belichick and um, sent away Garoppolo instead. Those were all those were the reports at the time, right? Um, at the time, I was saying I was agreeing with Belichick because I think that Belichick is the most important member of that franchise, right? I think that if you don't have Belichick, you don't have six titles, all right? If you don't have Kraft, you could still get there. If you don't have Brady, you know, maybe you can still get there, but that's for another day. That's for a different conversation, right? Um, 
if Tom Brady was traded and Jimmy Garoppolo came in as a replacement and the Patriots either didn't make it to the Super Bowl or maybe the Patriots didn't even make it to the AFC Championship game, right? I know for a fact that many Patriot diehards, quotations, you know, may consider selling their season tickets. They may move on to another fan base. Um, and generally, people will be very mad, right? People will be very pissed off at this because being a Boston fan, people are used to winning. People wake up in the morning and they can, you know, go to Dunkin' Donuts and, you know, they have a winning attitude about them, right? I think anyone from New England has that attitude where, you know, every year we have a team, at least one team who can compete for a title, right? Last year, um, we had the Red Sox parade, uh, Patriots parade, and then, you know, sadly the Bruins didn't win, but, you know, they still made it to the championship. So New England fans are used to winning, right? And it would be too much pressure for Jimmy if he came in as a replacement, right? Because the replacement always gets compared to the original. Um, imagine being compared to the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, you know, there would be no way that Jimmy would be able to live up to those expectations, no matter how much people liked him. It would, at some point, the fans would get mad they weren't winning, and it would turn personal onto Garoppolo. Um, you know, only a few quarterbacks have been able to come close to what Tom Brady has done. Um, it's not all Jimmy's fault, though. I think I think I think Jimmy's an average quarterback now. I think he's probably the sixteenth, sixteenth or seventeenth overall quarterback in the league right now. Um, I think moving Jimmy off to the Forty ers was the best interest for Jimmy. It was in the best interest for Jimmy. Um, he inherited a good young receiving core with a top young tight end, um, a solid young running back core. I like what they're doing now with the three running backs, sort of a New England esque, Philadelphia esque sort of. Um, ideology. I think it's great. I think it's it's going to work well for them, you know, in the coming years. But um, let's slow down on the 49ers so far. Let's just slow down. Um, his old line is just okay. It's aging. He has an aging left tackle. Um, that's one thing that, that is a question mark, in my opinion, for that team. His defense is trending in the right direction. They've got a lot of good pieces, a lot of big names on the defensive side. Um but Jimmy has not played more than five games in a single season. He's 28 years old. Um, maybe he's reaching his prime, or maybe he's coming off this prime. We can't really, we don't really know because he hasn't played that many games, you know. But people, people would tell me all the time, you know, last year, oh, you know, Cam, you know, that their record, is, his record's pretty good, you know, his career record is 11 and two. So you got to give him some respect, you know, like. Um, I remember people freaking out in New England. A lot of my friends were freaking out. Um, I'm not going to name names, obviously, but you know when Jimmy went seven and zero and his first seven career starts, two with the Patriots and five with the Forty ers um, people got back on this train of you know, oh, we shouldn't have traded him. Like, look how good he is. You know, he's the second coming of Brady. Like, he's gonna he's gonna do Brady things in his career. Um, to me. That makes no sense whatsoever because Brady, in my opinion, is the GOAT. He's the GOAT, right? But Brady has had a lot of help over the years to get him to that position. Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be the next Tom Brady. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you think that. I do not think that Jimmy Garoppolo will be the next Tom Brady because I think the next Tom Brady isn't going to be someone that we're going to see in the next 10 years because 
the next Tom Brady um, will be someone that is going to have to come later, right? It's going it, to. I don't think we have a next Tom Brady in this league right now, right? And when people would tell me, "Oh, how can we pass up on this guy? Like, it makes no sense why we traded him away. Like, he could have been a great predecessor to Brady," which I agree with. I agree that Jimmy Garoppolo could have been a great predecessor to Brady. I think that if he would have came in, we he might he he might have brought us to a championship. He might have, but it's not likely. Okay, it's not likely because after these first three games, he's played basically um, JV teams, in my opinion. So his let's let me just tell you his stats real quick. First three games of the season, five touchdowns, pretty good. Four interceptions. Ugh. Completion percentage of sixty nine percent. Okay, that's that's fair, I guess. QBR of fifty two. Mm. They're three and zero, right? But they've played Tampa, Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh, right? Basically, all JV teams, in my opinion. Those teams are bottom of the league at best. the The Pittsburgh Steeler game. Oh my gosh, that was the that was one of the worst games I've ever seen on on television. I can't even believe that they broadcasted that game on live television because within the first half, the, the amount of turnovers, the amount of bad play calls, bad defensive packages that were being called by both sides, it was, it was almost unbearable to watch. Um, you know, to all those Jimmy Garoppolo fans, you know, they should have absolutely just rolled the Steelers. They should have went right by him. But, I mean... They only won 24 to 20 against a team that doesn't have Big Ben, that has a banged up offensive line. I mean, their defense, their pass, the the only bright spot on the Steelers is their pass rush, which was sort of a bright spot in this game, I guess you could say. But it was almost like the 49ers were um, continuing to try to give the game up to the Steelers. So in some points, I felt like. They would be like, oh, no, 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 we don't want to win. We don't want to win this game. You know, here, Steelers, you have the win. Here, you have it. And the Steelers, you know, they're like, oh, no, 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 no. You have the game. You have the game, you know? It was almost like a back and forth of, like, who who would want to win less, right? And I couldn't, I couldn't watch that game for more than five minutes, really, without saying, like, what the heck is going on here? Like, what am I watching? Um, So... With that in mind, I'm going to tell you right now to to sell your stock on the 49ers. Sell your stock. Just sell your stock. If you're a 49ers fan, that's, that's fine. That's fine by me. But expect them to win the games that they're favored in by at least more than seven points, okay? Don't expect them to win games against the Rams. Don't expect them to beat the Seahawks. I think the Cardinals are going to steal a game from them. Um... Yeah, don't expect the 49ers to be some powerhouse team in the in the NFC because I think at best they could be a they could be a wild card team, maybe, but they'll have to compete with Seattle or um, Philly, you know, teams like that, right? So, like I said, expect them to win the games that they're favored in by more than seven points, but don't expect them to be great against teams like the Rams or the Seahawks, okay? Because those two teams. Have great coaches, Pete Carroll, Sean McVay. The 49ers will not win those games. Okay. With the same, with with the same token, the Bills 
are in a similar position, you know? The Bills are 3-0, although they have played bad teams. You know, they beat the Jets by one point. They beat the Giants by 14. They beat the Bengals by four. But I'm more impressed with the Bills than the 49ers. Um, this is because the Bills roster is filled with mostly unknown players on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. Maybe, you know, maybe one or two players you may know on the offensive side, Frank Gore, Josh Allen, but other than that, on the defensive side, Tredavious White, maybe, if you're a casual fan. So, the Bills roster is filled with mostly unknowns, and they've managed to go 3-0. Now, the Bills have, in my opinion, the most underrated quarterback in the National Football League, Josh Allen. Big arm, very mobile, knows his reads, knows his role on the team. He knows how to play quarterback, right? The Bills are going to play the Patriots on Sunday. And at first, I was thinking that the Patriots would go to Buffalo and blow the doors off the Bills, right? But now I'm thinking the game is going to be a little closer because the the Bills are, are not, they're not scaring me at all as a Patriots fan, but Josh Allen's ability to run with the football is something that the Patriots may struggle with because their linebackers are good. They're not fast, but they're good. Dante Hightower, Kyle Van Noy, you know, like players like that. But if Josh Allen can get past the line scrimmage with his feet, I mean, I think it's unlikely that a a defender will touch him within five yards. So if Josh Allen can get the, the running game going with his feet, I think it'll be a close game. I expect the Patriots to win, though. I don't expect the Bills to beat the Patriots because, I mean, the Patriots' defense is the best in the league, but, I mean, I don't expect the Bills to keep up with Tom Brady offensively. So if it, if it gets to a shootout, you know who's going to win, Tom Brady, the GOAT. In my opinion, though, the Bills' ceiling this year is 11-5. and five. You know, I know it's a bold prediction, but the Bills' schedule is one of the most favorable schedules, in my opinion, for any team. So they have to play uh they have to play the Jets again. They play the Dolphins, right? They're going to beat both those teams again. They're going to beat the Titans. Um they'll beat the Redskins. They're going to beat the Eagles. That's the biggest game that that's the biggest upset I think is going to happen. The Bills are going to beat the Eagles, all right? They're going to beat the Browns. They'll beat Denver and they'll beat Pittsburgh. So they have a decent path to being 11 and 5. They're going to be in the conversation with the Texans, the Chargers, you know, and maybe the Browns for that wild card, you know, position. Um, the Texans uh, and the Colts could go either way, in my opinion, whoever wins that um, a- 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 AFC South championship. But, I mean, this week versus the Patriots will tell a lot about the the moxie of this team so i wouldn't i wouldn't sell your stock on buffalo at all i'm i'm gonna tell you right now that buffalo is the it's they're the second strongest team in the afc east which obviously doesn't mean that much because it seems like every year the patriots dominate and i think the patriots are going to win that division again but this year buffalo's playing with 
not so much a chip on their shoulder, but they're playing with more like, okay, no one knows about us, and we're going to sneak up on teams, we're going to beat them, right? Josh Allen is built for the cold. He throws the ball well, you know, over the top, long thrower, deep pass thrower. So games in late November and December in Buffalo that most teams, like, really don't want to go up there and play those games, Josh Allen's going to, gonna like, smack him right in the face and just, you know, say what's up to him because Josh Allen is the most underrated quarterback in the National Football League, and there's no way around that. Sean McDermott is a very underrated head coach as well. He is the best defensive head coach in the league. He's led teams such as the Carolina Panthers to the Super Bowl, even though they lost. I think that his defense was was very strong that year. Um, so don't count him out. You know, Even if you might not know some players in that team, I, I urge you to do some research to see who they have because the Bills, they don't scare people like me who are Patriots fans, but they're going to scare fans of the Ravens. They're going to scare fans of the Texans because those teams are going to need wins, and they're going to look at, oh, Buffalo, you know, this could be an easy win, and Josh Allen is going to sneak up on them. Um, you know, Sean McDermott's going to sneak up on them. You know, it's not going to be easy to beat him this year. So don't take anything away from him. Don't count them out. On the flip side of that, I urge fans, you know, of teams who, you know, may have not had a favorable first three games to, to not panic, right? Don't panic, right? For some of those teams. But there are some teams that you should be panicking about, and I'll mention them in a second. So the Cardinals, the Saints, the Chargers, the Jaguars, and the Panthers. If you're a fan of any of those teams, don't panic. I don't think you should have anything to panic about, and I'll explain why. Now, here are some teams that I think you should be panicking about, and there's just two of them. There's just two. The Browns and the Dolphins. You know, if I don't mention your team, you can think that, you know, they're okay, right? They're either okay where they are, um, or, you know, where they're expected to be, or maybe they're just, like, flying under the radar, right? So let's just start off by talking about the Cardinals a team that you should not worry about. They are the most entertaining bad team, bad in quotation marks, that I have seen, you know, in the past few years. Kyler Murray has the best last name in all of of football, in all of sports. Murray is the best last name um, in in everything. Um, If you have the last name Murray, you're automatically the greatest of all time. Um, Aside from that, I mean, he's also... Aside from Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, one of the most electrifying young quarterbacks in the league. So we're going to be seeing him compete with Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes in years to come, and maybe Super Bowls, maybe playoff games, you know, who knows. But those three guys are going to be the next big names, the, big, the, the next big electrifying quarterbacks in the league. He has a good amount of weapons, you know, pretty good receiving core with some underrated, underappreciated talent like Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella, who little get talked about. He may have the best to ever play, Larry Fitzgerald. Maybe he's not the best to ever play, but he's definitely he definitely means a lot to that organization, means a lot to the um, progression of Kyler Murray and you know getting him better over the years. So that's important for Kyler Murray. Uh, the offensive line, it's, it's a problem, okay? They rank about 25th in the league with offensive line. So Kyler Murray, you know, He's able to get himself out of situations with his speed and awareness and elusiveness, 
Um, but, you know, that's still a problem for a young quarterback to have a bad offensive line. Like, look at the Texans. That's what's holding them back, in my opinion, the offensive line. If they can just get more pieces for the offensive line, they're going to be a, a, a strong team. The same to- the same thing for this team as well. If they can get an offensive line that um, that is willing to just, like, put in the work and they're willing to spend the money on them, they're going to be fine, right? Kyler Murray has David Johnson in his arsenal, who is is going to catch probably more passes that he's ever caught, right? Because of those dump-off passes, maybe the a quick angle pass or an out route here and there, right? But it's always a safe, it's always a great option to have a guy like David Johnson, right? The Cardinals' schedule this year is favorable. I mean, they could they're definitely going to steal a game from the 49ers. Not even steal a game; they're going to beat the 49ers. They're going to compete with the Seahawks. That's that's what I think. If Kyler Murray can beat Russell Wilson at least once a year, at least once a year for the rest of his career, I think that will show the progression of Kyler Murray. If Kyler Murray can continue to compete with his with the with the guy who everyone thinks he's going to be, that's how you know he's going to be like Russell Wilson. That's how you know he's going to get to that point. Because his potential, his ceiling should be Russell Wilson, right? I think it should be higher than Russell Wilson. I think it should be just a notch above because he has so many more years to learn from his from his team and his coaches, right? So I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year. The Cardinals are probably going to finish somewhere between 6 and 10 and 8 and 8. I I think if the Cardinals can go 8 and 8 this year with with the, with what they have with Cliff Kingsbury, with the offensive line, the struggling defense, if they can go 8 and 8, I think this team's legit. I think this team's legit even if they don't make the playoffs, right? This team's legit. It'd be fun to watch them win eight games. It's every game they play, it's fun to watch. I mean, no matter who they're playing, right? Cliff Kingsbury said this when, when he was asked about um, Kyler Murray and what he could do better and stuff like that. Cliff Kingsbury said this. Kyler Murray could get better at controlling his body language and being more stoic on the field, but that will come with experience. One player that Kyler could learn from is Seattle quarterback Russell Wilson. And that's that's a great quote, right? Because that's exactly what the fans want to hear. The fans of Arizona Cardinals want to hear that the coach thinks that Kyler Murray can get to that point. Russell Wilson is a great man to look up to if you're a young quarterback. He's a great player to look up to. You know, I think that the more the more games, the more snaps that Kyler Murray gets with his team, the more opportunities that he can get with his receiving core. I mean, if you just get him an offensive line that is good, is maybe top ten or top fifteen, this team this team's gonna be good in the next few years. So, I mean, I'm I'm gonna keep watching Kyler Murray every game because I think he's he's one of the best quarterbacks in that division. I think he's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, even after the small sample size, I think he's going to be better than Jimmy Garoppolo. But we got to keep watching more games. We got to keep keep getting him um, acclimated to the NFL scene. The more games he plays, the more snaps he takes, he'll keep the Cardinals in more games, and he'll keep that team, you know, afloat, so to speak. The next team is the Saints. 
don't worry about the Saints, right? Don't worry about them. They're still going to win the NFC South. Teddy Bridgewater is a fine replacement for, for Drew Brees. He still has plenty of weapons. He's got Alvin Kamara, who's a beast. He's got Michael Thomas. I wish Michael Thomas would get more receptions um, from Teddy Bridgewater. Last game, I felt like he, he got a bit, um, a bit snubbed off some, some slants or you know some easy catches he could have had, but that's beside the point. The defense is what's going to kill the Saints this year. They have a, a great offense. Wonderful pieces for at every position, right? Jared Cook at tight end, who is little talked about, but may be the, one of the most important players in that offense, right? The offense is going to get him to the playoffs. The defense is not going to get him to the NFC Championship game, though. They won't be strong enough on the defensive side to get them to that point. The only team in their division that may come close to competing with them is Carolina. Um, but Teddy Bridgewater's fine. The Saints' defense has to step it up. The pass rush has to be better. I expect better from the pass rush. The secondary we know is a struggle. We know that there's question marks there. But if the Saints are going to win shootouts against teams like the Rams or the Eagles or the you know the Packers, teams like with, with, with great quarterbacks, they got to get a better secondary. And they, they got to do something better. But I wouldn't panic. People would panic because Drew Brees is injured. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is fine. Don't panic. Jags fans. So you may be surprised that I'm saying don't panic if you're a Jags fan because there's plenty to be panicking about this time. But, you know, I know that there's a lot of stuff in the news on Twitter and on, you know, ESPN or whatever, whatever you watch, right? Everybody and their mother knows that Jalen Ramsey wants a trade. He re- he's told the team that he wants he wants out, right? You know, can you blame Jalen Ramsey, though? One of the best man-to-man coverage cornerbacks in the game. And the Jaguars have seemingly fell off in the last two years. Their defense was elite two years ago. Last year, was it was a bit of a... I mean, there's some question marks around that defense now. Jalen Ramsey's seeing the writing on the wall. He knows that from now on, if you don't play for the Patriots, the Chiefs, or the Ravens, you might as well just get out of the AFC because those three teams that I just mentioned are teams who are going to be competing for the the AFC championship. The Jaguars are nowhere near that. So Jalen Ramsey wants a trade. He, he better go out of the AFC because if he goes to an AFC team um, other than the Patriots, Chiefs, or the Ravens, you know, He's just shooting himself in the foot again, right? He wants to compete for a championship. I want him to compete for a championship. I think he's the, I think I think he's the best man-to-man coverage cornerback in the game, right? But he's got to find a good home. He's got to find a good place where he can develop, where he can where he can show his skills, right? And not be overshadowed by the top three teams in the in the league, right? But I hope the Jags trade him. I hope they trade him, right? I hope they do because. They're going to get a haul for him. They're going to get a great deal for him. You're going to give Gardner Minshew, you're going to give you know your offense a, a boost, hopefully, and then you get some picks, you get a nice defensive player maybe, you can bolster up that defense again. The Jags will be back in it in a few years, right? The Jags still have Fournette. They still have you know a decent O-line who can get Fournette going. They have pretty good young receivers. Um, 
The defense, pretty good pass rush. Secondary without Jalen Ramsey would be a struggle, but if you get some picks, if you get some decent players to fill in, I think it'll be fine. I mean, just don't trade Jalen Ramsey to an AFC team, and you'll be great. Just don't trade him to an AFC team, and it'll be perfect. Trade him away. Trade him to the NFC. Trade him to the Eagles if you want, right? Do that. But don't don't give any team in the AFC more ammo against you. That's that's what's going to hurt you, right? Also, don't get antsy. Don't just, I mean, trust your pieces for now. Trust them for now, right? Even without Jalen Ramsey, your team your team's all right, okay? Not 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 very good, but team's all right. The Jags, no one expected to be a playoff team this year. I don't expect them to be a playoff team, but if I was a Jags owner, I'd just look to get pieces for next year. Just put all your put all your time and energy and money into pieces for next year. Don't worry about this year because no matter who you get, no matter you know what you get for Jalen Ramsey, you're still not going to make it to the playoffs. So, with that being said, you know. Don't panic, Jags fans. Don't panic. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Chargers fans. Chargers fans have nothing to worry about at this point. They're 1-2, and two, but they have a lot of things in their favor. You know, backup running back Austin Eckler has just been electrifying for them these past three games. Even, I mean, without Melvin Gordon. I'm not even going to mention him right now. But this season alone, Eckler has... 160 rushing yards, two touchdowns, and 208 receiving yards with two touchdowns as well. And Melvin Gordon is coming back. So, you know, that that offense just got another boost. Eckler's already already producing very well, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see what Anthony Lynn can do with that team. You know, what happened last year was Eckler was more of a passing third down back, and that worked fine, right? But now, now I think that Melvin Gordon is going to try. He's going to have to prove himself. He's going to start. He's, I think he's going to go off. His, the first game he comes back, I think he's going to go off for a great game because he's been waiting. He's been, you know, working out. You know, he's been trying to get back, right? So that's one. Keenan Allen has been putting on a receiving clinic this year with 404 receiving yards, three touchdowns, and 30 receptions. The Chargers are going to have a problem that most teams, you know, wish to have, that the teams like the Jaguars, the teams like Miami, you know, teams teams like that, right? Those are just random teams, but they're going to have so many weapons on offense, they won't know what to do with it. I hope they do know what to do with it. I hope they do know how to, you know, get the offense going. Because last year, it didn't work out that well. But I trust that Anthony Lynn learned from last year. I, le- I think he learned from last year that he's got to put the right pieces in the right spot to get his team a win, right? And once they do that, they'll be on a nice roll. You know, obviously they won't win the, the AFC, uh, AFC North because, you know, the Chiefs, obviously. But, um yeah, no, not not AFC North, AFC West, I'm sorry. But anyway, yeah. The Chargers have some easy victories coming up. Miami, Denver, Pittsburgh, and Tennessee. You know, they should win four out of the four of those games. They should win all four. Um, they got to win at least three, though. I think they have to win at least three. 
because coming up after that is Chicago, Green Bay, Oakland, and then Kansas City. Um, I don't expect them to win more than more than one game. They're going to beat Oakland, but they're going to lose to Chicago. They're going to lose to Green Bay. They're going to lose to Kansas City. So they have to really step it up these next these next four weeks to set them up in a good position. The defense is, is steady. The only major absence is Derwin James. Um, so this team has potential to turn it around. So Chargers fans, don't don't panic. Don't hit the panic button. All right, Panthers fans, I have two words for you. Just move on. Move on. Move on from Cam Newton. I, kn- I know I'm going to get people texting me and people calling me and saying, Oh, why would you say that? You know, Cam Newton has made it to a Super Bowl. He, you know, he had a, he had some great seasons. You know, twenty fifteen MVP season. You know, made it to the Super Bowl. Now, how can you say that? How can you say that? I'm just looking at teams around the league who have let the backups, you know, do do some work in these ne- in the last few games, right? Let's do let's do an example. Let's, let's I'll show you an example real quick. Let's go to Baltimore. So they had Joe Flacco for. Good amount of years, he made it to Super Bowl. Um, but Joe Flacco obviously is getting older, getting more. Mm, he's getting not so good. So the the Ravens moved off from him. They brought him. They have Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's doing great, right? They're happy. The Giants. They had Eli Manning for a few years. He went to two Super Bowls and he won them. Right? He won the Super Bowls. They moved on. They brought in Daniel Jones, and they're just as happy because they have a young quarterback, right? You know, teams teams will do that sometimes. I think it's in the best interest of the team to do it, but obviously it was it's it's sad to see players go who you love to watch, right? But Cam Newton has not been the same after that 2015 season. The stats just show it. He's he he's regressing every year. Um, I know I know I'm sounding like uh, like a six year old man. You know, like oh, you know, Cam Newton has not been you know very good over the years. You know, Cam Newton isn't even a top five quarterback in the league. Cam Newton's number eighteen or nineteen. Like I don't think that he is um, even a middle of the pack quarterback at this time. I think. He's more of a slightly below average quarterback um, because he tries to do too much. Cam Newton has Christian McCaffrey. Cam Newton has Greg Olson back. You know, Cam Newton should just throw the ball to Christian McCaffrey, you know, maybe seven times a game and get Greg Olson some touches uh, and like some deep throws. But Cam Newton likes to use his feet. And Cam Newton, you know, he, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about him. I think they should just start moving on. At least at least at least wait, at least wait for Cam to come back when he's healthy. Because Kyle Allen, you know, has done pretty well, you know. He, Kyle Allen uses all of his pieces, uses all the weapons he has. He understands that he's a pocket quarterback and he knows his role. He doesn't try to be a playmaker or do anything crazy. He just hits the guys that are open, he throws the, the ball to people who he thinks can catch the ball, right? Don't get me wrong. Cam Newton, you know, he's a great quarterback, but 
don't force Cam Newton to come back. Don't force him to come back earlier than he than he needs to. If you really don't want to move off Cam Newton, then just just let him come, like give him three more weeks. Give him at least two more weeks to let him come back a hundred percent. Because I'm telling you, if he comes back and he's not a hundred percent and he doesn't do it very well, Panthers fans are gonna be wanting Kyle Allen. They they won't be wanting Cam Newton anymore, and. As an owner, you don't want to do that to a star because, you know, you don't want to put Cam Newton in that position, right? Plenty, There's plenty of teams in the National Football League who need quarterbacks. Maybe trade Cam Newton. Maybe get some, maybe get some pieces for him. Maybe get some new, uh, some new defensive players, right? Maybe a new offensive, maybe a new offensive weapon. But don't, don't rush Cam Newton to come back. Don't rush him. It'd be in the worst interest for the team it wouldn't make sense because the Panthers are not going to be a playoff team probably. So let Kyle Allen do his thing until Cam Newton comes back 100%. Until then, stick with Kyle Allen. Let me just flip the script for a second and mention two teams who I think that fans should be panicking about, right? And I told people at the beginning of the season, there's no recording of this, but I told people to not be so high on the Browns. Don't be so high on the Browns. Yes, they have Odell. Yes, they have Jarvis Landry. Yes, they have Baker Mayfield. Yes, they have Miles Garrett. But Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham are maybe two of the biggest personalities in the NFL. You don't win with noise. You don't win. You don't win having a lot of loud players, right? No matter how many times Baker wants to say, oh, don't hit the panic button, we'll be all right. I mean, every time that Baker calls out uh, someone who criticizes him, like when uh, when Rex Ryan criticized him and saying that he's the he's the, like the quarterbacks are the slowest on the field when they when they get past second level, like you know they really don't do anything with it. And Baker had to win. He had to win the argument. He had to say he he had to say that Rex Ryan's not in the league anymore. You know, we only I only listen to people who who wear the orange and brown, right? You know, Baker, Baker, do you Baker, Baker, Baker? Do you see Tom Brady ever call out someone who criticizes him? No, because quarterbacks in this league. Do you see do you, do you see Lamar Jackson? Let's let's, let's make it a little like a, a bit of a um. Like someone who's closer to Baker's age, right? Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson didn't say a word all off season. No one heard from him. What did he do the first three games of the season? Put up big numbers. Got stronger. Got more talented. Understood the game more. What did Baker do in the off season? Underwear commercials. Chugging beers at a Cleveland Indians game. Not a good look for a franchise quarterback. Franchise quarterbacks, you know, you can, if I was an owner, my franchise quarterback wouldn't be going and doing underwear commercials. My franchise quarterback would be in the gym, on the field, or in the film room, okay? Those three places. Obviously, you know, he's got another, he's got a, he's also has a life, so he can do whatever he wants. But if you post things like underwear 
commercial stuff or things like that, it it comes off to the owner that you're not so much focused on this team. So, you know, first of all, many Browns fans, like, they they were the ones who were just, like, pumping this team up all summer. Oh, yeah, like, probably gonna, we're probably going to go to the Super Bowl this year. You know, we got a lot of good pieces, this and that. You know that would, that that's completely wrong. It's it's all it's probably their fault because Baker feeds off the fans, and if he if the fans are saying oh Super Bowl Super Bowl Super Bowl, Baker is young, he's young. He'll try to feed off him. He'll try to force it. Right? Can't force it. I mean, it's it's just it, if it's not Baker, it's Freddie Kitchens, and if it's not Freddie Kitchens, it's Odell and. You know, this team is way too noisy for me. Too much noise. Just like, it's it's so obvious now. You look at teams around the league. Steelers, for example. They had Antonio Brown. One of the best wide receivers in the league. They let him walk. They got, they got him out of the building. Because the Steelers are a well-rung organization. They don't, they don't want noise. They want championships. They don't want drama. They just want rings. Same with the Patriots. Like, the, like, the Patriots just want they, they they just want wins. They don't want drama. So like, when they had Antonio Brown, you know, they had him for a week or so. Brady threw him a touchdown. It was all it was all very confusing to me. I don't I don't really know how to feel about it. But then they let him go because Antonio Brown got too noisy with all of his allegations and things. So. Good teams move off loud players. Final. That's it. That's done. So teams like the Rams, you don't hear Jared Goff that much. You don't hear what he's doing in the offseason. How about the Chiefs? Patrick Mahomes? Maybe a little bit with Madden and stuff, but mostly he's just working. Even even though he's distracted with, maybe he's distracted with the Madden and stuff, but still producing. I mean, you don't hear Big Ben. You don't hear of... Uh, you don't really hear that much of of the key guys in the league, the key quarterbacks. I mean, you don't hear Dak Prescott. You know, if you're not from Dallas, you know, if you don't, if you don't, you know, look at maybe his commercials or whatever. But you know, you don't hear from him. You don't hear from good quarterbacks, good franchise quarterbacks. So, I mean, no owner, no team. I mean, that I that I think wants to babysit grown men like the NFL is a business of you know getting a good team getting a good group of guys who have one goal is to win a Super Bowl right you can't have one guy who needs to be babysat by his coach or his teammates or his owner right because no no good coach no good owner wants to babysit his team because if you start babysitting your team the players don't respect you. The players think you're just kind of like put a band-aid over, you know, uh, a, a broken a broken leg. Like it's gonna get old after a while. So, you know, every time people tell me like, oh, like, um, like the Browns, you know, like, uh, you see what Baker Mayfield said, or you see what Odell's been wearing in his games, or what Freddie Kitchens had to say about it. Like, come on, grow up. It's like a reality TV show with them. It's like. They're all fighting for screen time. I mean, this team is full of talent, but with the youngest roster in the league, 
There's no leadership. There's no leadership. Baker's not a leader yet. He hasn't proven that he's a leader. I mean, he's talented. We've seen him. We've seen him show show signs of talent, but Baker's not a leader. Not a leader yet. Give him a few years, right? Give him a few years. Don't tell me that he's going to be, you know, the next great quarterback in this league. I mean, he's not going to be competing with Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. He's not even close to them yet. He's got to mature. He's got to mature, right? What Baker was when he was in college, he's the same guy now. I don't think he changed that much. From, you know, uh, putting the flag, like sticking the flag in Ohio State, like just just being like a, uh, you know, not cocky, but, you know, an, an aggressive uh, athlete, you know, like really competitive, not aggressive, competitive athlete, right? And then him always wanting to win the argument. I think I think he's still a college quarterback. I think he still hasn't matured into a NFL quarterback yet. And maybe he will, maybe he won't, but I just don't think that he he has the qualities yet and he hasn't shown me yet that he is I mean the a franchise quarterback. Maybe we'll see it in the coming weeks, but for now I I just don't see it. The bill, the Dolphins. Sorry, not the Bills. The Dolphins. There's not really a lot to say about the Dolphins at this point. Um, I mean, if you're a Dolphins fan, you just you just gotta hope that those picks all turn out to be studs. You gotta hope you get Tua Tungavailoa next year. Um, you know, they they still play hard. They still they don't just like walk. They they don't just like get rolled over every game. They still try to compete even with their with their under talented team. Um. I think that, uh, I mean, this team is not talented at all. I mean, like, they just don't have the pieces necessary to compete with any team in this league. I think they're the worst team in the league. But I think that, I mean, next year they got to hope that all those picks hit. And maybe the off season they get some more players. But at this point... I don't. I don't expect the Dolphins to be anything except for 0 16 at the end of the year. Um, if they win a game, uh, good for them. If they win a game, they're gonna probably they're they're probably gonna beat like um, maybe maybe the Jets. Maybe maybe they'll steal a game from the Jets. I mean, that's about it. Like, uh, I don't expect them to to be anything else but maybe one in 15 this year. Um, their head coach is great. I actually like him when he was on the. The New England uh, linebackers head coach. Um, yeah, no. I think that they're going to do a great job next year uh, in, you know, get using those pieces. Hopefully they use them well. But this year, it's kind of a, it's, it's bit, it's a bit of a wash, right? Like, come on. Like, if, you, if you're a fan of the, the Dolphins, you just got to hope. You just got to hope that Brian Flores can turn it around next year because, I mean, at, at least now, they look like they're not even a football team. They look like they're a JV team, basically. So, um, yeah, if you're a Dolphins fan, just hope for next year. You know, keep going to South Beach. Keep enjoying the weather in South Beach. You don't even have to go to any more Dolphin games. Like, save your money. Save your money. Unless you want to see, unless there's a good team coming to town, 
like the Patriots or I'm not sure if they play the the Ravens, but one of those. T- if you if there's an entertaining uh, team that comes in, you might as well just buy a ticket for like what like twenty bucks. Watch a good quarterback. Watch your team get rolled because there's really no way you're gonna be beating teams that you shouldn't beat. So at least at least go to the games and watch your team. You know, play play some good teams. Um, but yeah, for the most part. Just enjoy South Beach. Enjoy Miami at this point. Um, I promise it'll be, it'll be better next year, but might as well just turn off football for the rest of the year because it's not going to be favorable for you. So every week I'm going to be doing a, you know, a list of the matchups and telling you what I think of, of the teams, who's going to win, you know, what the score is going to be. Um, so, yeah, this this week is full of some good matchups. Um, week four is, is a very important week for most teams. Uh, it will tell the tale of the direction of a team, whether it's going to be going 0-4, 4-0, maybe getting getting out of the hole a little bit. But um, here are my winners and losers of the week. So starting off with game number one, Redskins versus Giants. So the Giants are going to win 14-10. to Daniel Jones is going to build off the last week's performance. Uh, he doesn't have Saquon, but that's, no, that's not a worry. He's still going to struggle a bit. He's young. He's young, right? He's still going to struggle. But the Redskins' defense isn't isn't that tough, right? Daniel Jones still has Evan Ingram, still has some good receivers. He still has his feet. Like last week, we got to see him run the run with the football. So that's, that's a good. If you're a Giants fan, you have a lot to be hopeful for for Daniel Jones because he's just going to get better every week. And I think it's going to be tough for the Redskins this week again. I think Case Keenum is going to see his last week on the field as a Redskin. I don't. I think that after this week, Dwayne Haskins is going to come in. Maybe he'll come in in the fourth quarter, but I think that Case Keenum is going to have his last week in Washington. Um, at, at, at least starting. Maybe he'll still be on the team, but he won't be. He won't be the starter coming the next few weeks. The next game, Chiefs, Chiefs versus Lions. So, if I was a betting man and I and I had to bet on a game, right? This is the game that I would easily just bet on. If I had to bet on my life, right? The Chiefs are going to win this game 38-14. to 14. I don't think it's a doubt in anyone's mind that Mahomes is going to rip the Lions' defense apart. Um, the Chiefs' defense will also have a great day. I think that the Chiefs' defense is very underappreciated. They made some great moves in the offseason, got Frank Clark. Um, they, they still have a, a pretty good pass rush. People will say that, oh, they let go of their whole pastors, but I think they still have a pretty good defense. The Lions are well-coached. Um, they still have Matt Patricia, but, I mean, the Lions are are not going to compete with the Chiefs. I'm sorry, but it's completely overmatched. It's it's too, They're too overmatched for the Chiefs. There's no way that the Lions squeak this out. Titans versus Falcons. The Falcons are going to win this game, 23-13. Uh, Marcus Mariota is, I'm not going to say he's the worst active quarterback in the league, but Marcus Mariota has about one and a half years left in this league, in my opinion. He can't see the field. He has trouble throwing the football down the field. I know that he made a good down-the-field throw last week against the Jaguars, right? But for the most part, consistently, Marcus Mariota, I, I won't trust him in those situations. I cannot trust him. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't know his role. Still, he's been in the league for a while. He doesn't know his role. 
he had like he should either feed the ball to Derrick Henry or just like make a simple pass. He he tries to run too much and he's not very fast. Okay. So the Falcons are going to take over this game 23-13. The next game uh Browns versus Ravens. So the Ravens are going to win this game 38 to 24. Um the Browns will kind of make it close but I mean as long as the Browns are uh you know as long as the Browns are able to move the football down the field and not force try to force the ball to Odell or force the ball to um you know other receivers I think Baker is going to keep him in this game for the first three quarters and then Lamar's going to just like get in his zone and you know like keep going away um I don't want to see Baker trying to run the football this game if Baker can stay in the pocket, stay calm, throw the football to open receivers, I think it's going to be a lot closer than 38 to 24. The reason why I just said 38 to 24 is because I think that Baker's going to try to run a little bit this game. I think that Baker's going to try to escape the pocket a little bit and try to make moves with his legs. That's not what I want to see Baker to do. That's not what's going to get him wins this year. He needs to get o- get Odell the ball, get Nick Chubb the ball, and just keep Lamar off the field. Take as much time off the clock as possible. Keep Lamar off the field, right? But Lamar Jackson's obviously going to win this game. Lamar's not going to shy away from the big moment. But, you know, Baker Baker's a big mouth. He's he's a big talker, right? Lamar's quiet, humble. He won't he he'll just produce. Baker's going to be loud, you know, and stuff, but Lamar is just going to do his thing, produce like he always does. They're going to get a win, 38-24. to 24. Raiders versus Colts. So, you know, I feel bad for the Raiders. The Raiders, I mean, actually, no, I don't feel bad for the Raiders. The Raiders are a tirely run organization. But the Raiders are going to win this week. They're going to win 27-20. Derek Carr is going to keep them competitive this year, even without having a, a decent receiving core, a middle a moderate running game, a decent offensive line. Um, he'll keep him in this game. Jacoby Brissett is a very good quarterback, but I think Derek Carter scores one more touchdown than him. I think that it's going to be a battle of uh, of whose defense is going to be worse, the Colts' defense or the Raiders' defense. And this week, I think the Raiders' defense is going to step up. I think the Colts are going to be uh, worse on that side of the ball, and I expect the... Uh, the Raiders to win. Patriots versus Bills. So originally, I thought this game was going to be a complete wash by the Patriots. I thought they were going to destroy them, but that was back a few weeks ago before the season even started. So my new prediction is 28 to 17. Now, I mean, this is the most important game for the Bills, and I think it's pretty important for the Patriots too. The Patriots have to win this game because if they don't they fall to second place in the AFC East so the Patriots have to win this game because this this is big for not only the Bills season but the Patriots have to keep asserting their dominance over the Bills they can't let them get an edge over them Patriots are a better team they're gonna win defense is gonna win the game for them um Josh Allen's a good quarterback but Patriots D is just gonna take them over Panthers versus Texans. Texans are going to win 31 to 24. Deshaun Watson is going to throw DeAndre Hopkins the ball a ton this week. 
They're going to get a lot of action on that offense. Um, I think Kyle Allen still, he competes in the first, you know, half. He'll compete in the first half, but he, I think he's going to fall off. I think that pass rush is going to get to him in the second half. I don't think that he'll be uh, as valuable, you know, I think they're going to have to rely on the run game a lot. I don't think that Kyle Allen's going to do that much with the football. So, yes, 31-24, Texans are going to win. Uh, I think that even if even if the Panthers lose this week, I think it's still a win for Kyle Allen if he can get at least two touchdowns this week because the Panthers fans and ownership want to see Kyle Allen producing close to what Cam Newton can produce. And it's an important week for Kyle Allen, but... I don't think he wins this game. Chargers versus Dolphins. So the Chargers are going to roll the Dolphins this week. I think everyone expects that. It's going to be 35, no, yes, 35 to 7. So the Dolphins, the only the, the way they're going to score, is I'm going to predict the way they score. They're going to score a, a pick six. They're going to get a pick six to score their only touchdown in this game. Because I don't think that their offense can do anything else but um, but go three and out every time. So, I expect them to get one touchdown, and it's a pick six, okay? But the Chargers, like I said, if they if, if they if the Chargers somehow lose this game, um, forget what I said about don't panic. I think you should panic if they lose this game, but I don't see them losing. Rams versus the Buccaneers. So, the Rams are gonna win this game, thirty-eight to ten. The Rams have better players. They have better head coach. Um, the Rams should win this game by at least four touchdowns um yeah I don't I don't see this game getting close at all I think off the off the bat the Rams defense takes over the Bucks and the Rams offense takes over the Bucks defense so yeah 38 to 10 Rams win Seahawks versus Cardinals so I love Kyler Murray I love the Cardinals but you know Russell Wilson is going to show Kyler Murray that hey listen buddy like like Russell Wilson is going to tell Kyler Murray that hey there's only one Russell Wilson in the league right now and it's me and until I get out you know you you can be my my predecessor right the Seahawks are going to win 24 to 16 now Kyler Murray is going to keep he's going to keep it close it's going to be 16 16 for a little bit and then I think that I know no, no, no. it's going to be 16 17 for a little bit and I think that Russell Wilson just gets a a last touchdown to Tyler Lockett in the fourth quarter to get him a win, to get him over that, um, you know, to get him to that score. So I think that, yeah, I think that in the first half, it's going to be like, it's going to be somewhere between 16-17. It's going to be 16-17 in the first half, and then the final score is 24-16. So, yeah, uh, Seahawks win uh, that game. Vikings versus Bears. So the Bears' defense will prove... Once again, that they're that they should be considered the best defense in the league. They're definitely the best defense in the national and in the, in the NFC. Um, Kirk Cousins has never shown that he's elite quarterback. He's never shown that he's elite. He's never shown that he can even be close to elite against defenses who are great. So, I mean, I don't see that happening again. The Bears are going to win with their defense, twenty-one to ten. I'm still not confident in Mitchell Trubisky at all. I don't think that Trubisky can can get him any touchdowns on offense. I think that all touchdowns are going to be either with their running backs or with their defense. The Vikings are going to score with Dalvin Cook. 
um, they haven't been able to get their passing game going these last few games. So, you know, uh, yeah, Bears are going to win 21-10. Jaguars versus Broncos. So I think the Broncos are going to win this game uh, with, with a field goal. So the final score will be 20-17. to The Broncos' defense will cause um, the Jaguars some problems on offense. I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that the Broncos' defense is good. But I think that it's key to note that uh, none of the te- none of those teams, Jaguars or Broncos, have done a good job at moving the football this year. So it's going to be a boring game to watch. It's going to be a lot of three and outs. It's going to be a lot of running with Leonard Fournette or, you know, seeing Philip Lindsay just run the ball because I don't think that um, – not Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman running the ball. Um, yeah, I just think it's going to be a boring game. 2017, the final score – Broncos win it with a field goal. Number 13, Cowboys versus Saints. So the Cowboys are going to win this game 35-21. to 21. You know, Dak and, and the boys are going to win because they have a better defense. They have uh, just as good of an offense as the Saints. And they have, in my opinion, they have a better quarterback than... I mean, obviously, they have a better quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater. Dak is a way better quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater. And I think that Dak will will show that all the Cowboys fans, doubters, and all the haters that Dak is legit. He has legit weapons, Randall Cobb, Amari Cooper, and Zeke. So Dak will, you know, throw as many many, uh, flat passes to Zeke as possible. He'll get some nice slants to Randall Cobb. You know, he's going to do... A little, he's gonna mix in his his doses with everybody to uh, on Sunday. So expect the Cowboys to win, thirty five to twenty one. The last game of the week, the Monday night game, um, probably gonna be like, uh, w- like one of the worst Monday night football games of the year. Bengals versus Steelers, and it's not the fault of any of these teams obviously well it's not the fault of the Steelers it's the fault of the Bengals the Bengals are just like not very good so I think even though that the Steelers offense is pretty much non-existent at this point their pass rush is going to get to Andy Dalton and they're not going to be able to move the football they won't be able to hand the ball off to Joe Mixon at all so I say Steelers are going to win 23 to 17 the Bengals are going to go 0-4, and the Steelers are going to go 1-3, but I don't think the Steelers are going to get many wins like this this year. So, um, yeah, I think that it's going to be 23-17. Steelers offense, Mason Rudolph is going to show people that he can compete in this league a little bit. He's got some weapons still, but, you know, yeah, expect the Bengals to go 0-4. Uh, yeah, those are my predictions for the week. Like I said, if you want to uh, DM me suggestions or DM me your point of view on, on, on how you think about this. My Instagram is Cam Murray, uh, underscore Cam Murray. My Twitter is Cam Murray 23. Um, so yeah, so I'm actually gonna have a guest on, uh, a guest, the guru, uh, of picks coming up next. So, uh, get ready for that. So there's a lot of college games and NFL games this weekend, and a lot of them are marquee matchups for most teams. A lot of these games are turning points for most programs. So I'm here with the selection guru, Theo Murray. Um, just say hi to the people. Hello. All right. 
So you have two games, two college games, and two NFL games that you that you chose for the best bets of the week, the teams you think are going to win. All right, let's start off with the NFL. We'll start off with the NFL. All right, let me. Can I preface it by saying I'm expert. This is my best guess as to who I think could win these two games. All right, you All right. ready? All right, so pick number one is the world champs, New England Patriots, traveling up to Buffalo on Sunday for a 1 o'clock game, I believe. And the Patriots are a seven-point favorite. Um, both teams are 3-0. and This is a big AFC East game. Um, I feel as though Buffalo, being 3-0, and you know, Josh Allen really hasn't faced a defense such as the Patriots that he's going to face uh, this Sunday. Uh, he does have some qualities that may give the Patriots a hard time. He is a mobile quarterback at times. He is able to get outside the pocket. But I believe that Coach Hoodie will have some schemes set up uh, to focus in on that because I don't think anyone believes that Josh Allen can beat the Patriots with his arm. Uh, at times, so if he gets out of the pocket, he could be dangerous. But like I said, I think the Patriots will will have that figured out. Uh, the big thing for this game is uh, James White coming back. He was out last week. Right, his uh, uh, wife or girlfriend had a baby, so he was out. So he's going to be a key key factor, along with Rex Burkhead. I believe the two of those guys, because Buffalo has a pretty good defense. Uh, but I believe that White and Burkhead out of the backfield catching passes is really what's going to make a difference. Um, so with that being said, my prediction is Patriots 24, Buffalo 13. I think that they will beat them by more than seven. And the over-under is 42.5. It will be a low-scoring game. So mm-hmm. that's my prediction. 24-13, Buffalo uh, Patriots. Okay, sounds good. How about the second NFL game? Second NFL game. I went with the Cleveland Browns at Baltimore. All right? The one and two Cleveland Browns against the two and one Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Let me talk about the the Ravens. All right? I Mm -hmm. look at three teams in the AFC, in my opinion, that could make it to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Three teams. The Patriots the Chiefs, and I believe Baltimore is in the top three in the AFC. I agree. Uh, And the thing about Baltimore, being a New England guy, I think that Baltimore is a scary team because I think they're the only team that could beat the Patriots in Foxborough in an AFC championship game. Uh, Kansas City has proven when they come to us that Andy Reid and Mahomes cannot beat the Patriots in Gillette. Baltimore's a scary team. They're not intimidated. They've never been intimidated in the past. So that's a team that kind of scares me, being a a New England fan. Um, And then we talk about Cleveland. For some reason, this Cleveland Browns team is like a a sexy team in the NFL. People, for whatever reason, they like Baker Mayfield. Uh, People like Odell Beckham Jr. Um, And you know what? If you had them on a fantasy team, you'd be pretty good. But I don't think that they're winners. I think that their players, both of them, that can be flashy at times. But I don't think at the end of the year, Cleveland is going to be a playoff-type team. 
Um, so I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think Baltimore is going to be able to make a few more plays than Cleveland's going to be able to make. And I think that Cleveland's going to make mistakes, whether interceptions, late fumbles, or turnovers. So Baltimore being a team that I respect, I think they're going to take this game 35-26. to 26. Wow, okay. I think it's going to be high-scoring. Uh, Baltimore was a seven-point favorite. They're going to cover that seven points, and the total will be over the 45. 35-26, my guess. All right, and there's a lot of good college games this weekend as well. So uh, you have two college college picks as well, right? Of course, I do. All right. And let me start with my first one, which is going to be down in South Philly at Lincoln Financial <laughs> Field. Uh tomorrow afternoon and uh that's going to be georgia tech at temple georgia tech uh temple is an eight and a half point favorite uh they suffered the temples coming off a tough road loss last week at a good buffalo team uh so although they lost the buffalo buffalo university is a good team um this game for temple is going to be georgia tech coming into town it's got a little special meaning because Temple's former coach, Jeff Collins, who coached Temple the last two years, is now the head coach of Georgia Tech. So I think that the, uh, the link is going to be hopping tomorrow because not only people root for Temple, but a lot of Temple followers from the last couple of years like this guy, Jeff Collins. He's a good coach. Um, my thoughts on this game is I think the quarterback from Temple, Anthony Russo, is going to have a big day. Uh, Georgia Tech gives up an average of 30 points a game. So I think that Russo is going to take advantage of that, and he's going to put up put up some good points. And Temple's defense, which is solid, is going to shut down Georgia Tech's offense. Georgia Tech's offense only averages 17 points a game. Uh, Temple's got a good defense. So I think that Temple's going to come out on top of this game, and it's going to be their second win against a Power 5 team this year. The fact that they already beat Maryland, Georgia Tech's a Power 5 team. I think Temple's going to get this game, and I got the score as 35-10, to 10, Temple. Covering the 8.5 points, but yet below the 49-point over-under. 35-10. All right. I hope that happens as well. I mean, a lot of fans will start going crazy in the stands. I think it'd be a good, a good show tomorrow. So. It's going to be a good show. It's going to be a good show down there. All right. And then my last pick, college game, is going to be the Iowa State Cyclones at Baylor University in Waco, Texas. Uh, Baylor is a three-point favorite. The over-under is a 56-and-a-half. And I'll tell you about this Baylor team. Baylor's 3-0 and right now. Iowa State's 2-1. and This is the first Big 12 conference game for both of them. They start their conference games. But this Baylor team is a team on the rise. This is a team that you that you got to watch this year, in my opinion. Um, the coaching staff down there took over a couple years ago after being at Temple. Uh, they struggled because of the controversy that went down there. The Baylor was sanctioned with some, some NCAA violations and some issues. But this is a team on the rise. Back in 2017, they went 1-11. Last year... They went 7-6 because Coach Rule is now starting to get his recruits. His system is starting to come in. Uh, so they start out 1-11. They go to 7-6. This year they start the season 3-0. This Iowa State team is just outside of the top 25. 
Um, they, they did get a couple top 25 votes, but they didn't quite crack it. This is a good team. And this is going to be, uh, like I said, a big, big 12 game. But I believe that Bela is going to take this game. Uh, I think that, that, like I said, they're on the rise and they're going to start to shock people. They were picked in the preseason to finish fourth or fifth in the Big 12 in their section. I think Baylor's going to finish in the top three of their section. Uh, I have the score of this game. It's close. Iowa State's a good, game, a good team. But I have Baylor winning 26-24. to 24. All right. Great to have you on today. Thank you. Go Pats and go Owls. All right. Go. Great to have him on. Uh, like I said, uh, guru at picking games. Um, yeah, I, I think he says it right there. Go Owls, go Pats. Those two teams are going to be teams to watch this weekend. Um, yeah, it was great to have him on. Always great to have him on. So that just about does it for this podcast of the week. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Uh, like I said in the beginning, DM me on Twitter and Instagram for any suggestions for the next podcast. If you want to become a guest on the next podcast, feel free to DM me on Instagram or Twitter or tweet me. Uh, So yeah, that's the end of the podcast. Thanks for listening, guys, and hope you have a good week. Go Pats.